1: This is Sex and Science Hour with Brian Sovereign and Dr. Stephanie Murphy. Get your freak on.
0: Brian, is your freak on? Because mine is definitely on. Mine is always on. Yours is always on. It disturbs people to
1: no end, but yes, it is on. (laughs) (laughs) What
0: happens when they get disturbed? Do you oh. just say F you and move on with your life? Pretty or, much usually yeah.
1: ends off with a crotch chop of some kind. Yeah. And, yeah. I
0: do that regularly in the house. Yeah. And <laughs> the only person <laughs> watching is you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Sex and Science Hour. It's Woo. Friday night, and uh, we haven't done a show in nearly two weeks, but hey, who's counting? This is season five, well, episode we skipped, three.
1: <laughs> we skipped one episode. That's all.
0: We skipped one episode. Yeah. yeah. It happens. We got busy last weekend, and then before we knew it, it was this weekend. So,
1: yeah, but we had a great time last never weekend. Never
0: fear. I have something that'll totally make up for that. You ready for this, Brian? Actually, this is something you can really never be ready for. So <laughs> I'm just going to lay it on you. The guy who played Barney the Dinosaur on TV, do you ever wonder what he's up to now? It's no. like, you know, the celebrity, where are they now? Um... <laughs> I, I have to say, like, I've been curious about that in the past. Like, what do these people who are on kids shows do now with their lives? Uh, but I don't have to wonder anymore about the person who played Barney the dinosaur because he now is a tantric sex guru and he runs a tantric sex business. And he finds clients a number of ways. I know you're still processed. There's there a lot yeah, to unpack it's like, here. Um
1: wait a minute. So I guess it really is he really does love everybody. You know? <laughs> in that way, yes. In that way.
0: Yeah. I mean, how do you find your clients if you have a tantric sex uh, dojo? I I wouldn't even really know how to go about that. I, I guess I might start a website or something like that. But he's already famous, so he's already kind of well known. But uh, he said he meets clients from word of mouth and from reaching out to women on Tinder and converting them into believers.
1: <laughs> so Tinder's like, this this is, that's a breeding ground or a, uh, a hunting ground for cults. I mean, or well, I, I shouldn't say
0: this is a cult, cultish. So it sounds like he's doing yoni massage, basically, which uh-huh. is something I've been very interested in for a while. Uh, <laughs> you want me to just read some of this article? Yes, this I Vice. do, because I'm like, I'm baffled at this. A full session with Tantra massage specialist and spiritual healer David Joyner lasts three to four hours and costs $350. Ooh, For that price... $350 for the privilege. <laughs> for that price, female clients, the only kind he accepts, can expect to receive a ritual bath, chakra balancing, and a massage. Also on the menu, cosmic mind-blowing orgasms. <laughs> <laughs> the latter can be achieved through massage alone, but the goal of a session is to fully release a woman's blocked energy. Oh. Here's a quote from him When the lingam, penis, and the yoni, vagina, meet, there's a certain energy that takes place that hands on the body alone cannot create, says Joyner, age 54, whose yogi like presence is often accompanied by a warm smile when we meet for the first of several interviews. Even through G-spot massage, he says, it's still not the same energy that flows. You really got to fuck them for the, for the energy to really flow. <laughs> Today, Joyner's tantric massage practice boasts 30 clients, or goddesses as he calls them, and he unblocks the energy of four, two to four women per week. Well, all
1: women are goddesses, but
0: yes, I'll agree with him on that. I have no problem with calling women goddesses, but yeah. this, this reminds me of that guy in England, Mike... I'm sorry, I forget his last name, but he's like a famous... Like, Naomi Klein wrote about him in her book, uh, the book Vagina. There's this guy in London who does this, like yoni massage okay and he'll say like goddess may i enter you and he puts like oil on you and he talks to you about your past sexual trauma and i wanted to hate him so bad because this just sounds like the sleaziest shit ever sure it just sounds like okay he's get he's a he's basically a gigolo he's a prostitute or he's a sex worker and he's getting women to to pay for him to get them off Not that there's anything wrong with that, but he's presenting the way he's presenting it is as some spiritually enlightened guru or something. That's the part I have a problem with, not the fact that he's a sex worker. I just wish he'd be honest. So I wanted to hate him so bad. Alas... I saw an interview with him and I was like, oh my God, he's so cool. I like him. <laughs> he was talking to these women about their trauma and he was like listening to them. He was really listening to them. Yeah. Like guessing at how it made them feel and things like that. And it was, it, he was very supportive. Really interesting. I think his name is Mike Lusada, the one that's, that is in London. But anyway, we're talking about. Yeah, all right. what did the purple David dinosaur Joyner? say? He's yeah. the purple dinosaur. So he's got 30 goddess clients and he unblocks the energy of two to four women per week. It's a tad different than his work as a software analyst at Texas Instruments, a job he (laughs) held for six years and landed shortly after graduating from ITT Technical Institute. But Joyner says his current work in Tantra does share many similarities to another job he held from 1991 to 2001, that of Barney, the (laughs) beloved purple dinosaur on the hit PBS children's show Barney and Friends. The energy I brought up while in costume is based on the foundation of Tantra, which is love. Wait, what? He explains. (laughs) He's connecting it with the Barney. Yeah, but, like, that's creepy, right? uh, Like, to say, Uh, hey, so the energy I was bringing up with those kids was Tantra. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Uh... That is what he's saying, and yes, I agree, it's creepy. That's why they're writing an article about it, right? (laughs) The energy I brought up while in the costume is based on the foundation of Tantra, which is love, he explains. Everything stems, grows, and evolves from love. Even when you have emotionally blocked energy, the best way to remove it is to use love to remove it, and then replace it with God's divine love. Love heals and allows you to continue to grow. Barney, of course, radiated pure, joyful love. It was part of what children, still full of innocence, found so appealing about him. And it's what many parents, beaten down to varying degrees by the sobering realities of the world, found so goddamn cloying. Joyner gave expression to that love through his physical portrayal of the exuberant T-Rex. During his stint, it was mostly actor Bob West who gave voice to the character.
1: Oh, so this guy wasn't the voice. He wasn't the voice. Okay, because that's the, how I yeah, was wondering. I was yeah. like, all right, is he actually for three hundred fifty dollars? Will he do the whole thing? Will he go? You know, I love you. You know, what I mean, like, will he sing the whole business?
0: <laughs> I'm sure know? there's someone out there who has a fetish for that, but it it's probably hard enough just to find goddesses willing to let you massage their yoni, probably, you know, and pay you three hundred fifty <laughs> and pay you to yeah. do it. <laughs> um, now I've considered going into yoni massage myself. I thought it would be a great way to get,
1: you know... To practice it or to... Yeah, to be
0: a practitioner. Oh,
1: well, absolutely.
0: (laughs) But really, I could just have sex with a bunch of women if I really wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Yes. Yeah. You could. I don't... And the only thing is, like, I don't think there are many women who teach this this art of tantric massage uh-huh. like i i would want to learn it from a woman but it seems like it's only men who are like the big ponchos in this industry you know so does this guy have
1: anything else like to say on the matter but yeah i i hear you like uh, there aren't he's... a lot of women and and
0: that that in itself is seems odd and problematic here's some here's some good quotes before i got into the barney costume i would pray and ask god to allow his loving divine spirit to flow through me through the costume and let that draw the kids. That energy would always draw them in, Joyner says. Children are more spiritually connected than adults. A lot of times, when I see infants and I'm out at the grocery store or whatever, they start staring at me. I make the joke, You know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting because, you know, I always smile at kids in the grocery store and a sure. lot of times they look at me and they they stare at me like yeah. little kids, you know, pre-verbal and stuff. Babies yeah. will stare at me in the grocery store. But I wonder if that's just because they see my boobs and they're like, "Ooh, milk. Uh, yeah, I don't know.
1: I, I think kids like kind of stare at us. They kind of like us. Yeah. Even though yeah, we kids, have no yeah, kids. Yeah, they and, like you. Yeah. Babies
0: like you, too. Yeah. Maybe it's our energy. Joyner says he also used his tantra training to maintain his energy during long days on the set, where he wore the hot temps could reach 120 degrees inside it, 70-pound costume for several hours for numerous takes on various scenes. Tantra helped him maintain an abundance of joy during the process, he says. was he squeezing his... uh, I can't decide if this is creepy or cute. I don't know if he was squeezing anything. I hope he wasn't. Yeah, because aren't
1: those little exercises you can do while working out?
0: Yeah, for the pelvic floor. Right, the pelvic
1: floor, exactly.
0: Well, you, you know, you'll have about ten seconds to work your pelvic floor before we come back through segment two and process <laughs> this whole article, if you will. I'm still processing it. I don't know what to make of this. All right, there was a great quote
1: in there that I want to hear.
0: <laughs> yeah? It's kind of a longer one. Okay. Do you have it? Yes. You know which <laughs> you, one I'm talking yes, about. Yes, I do know which one you're talking about. Here it is. When you go down on a woman, you know, orally... It should be just like you're saying grace, like you're blessing the food you're about to receive. No food in the world can compare to goddess nectar because spirit is involved. Before you taste the goddess nectar, give thanks. Say grace. (laughs) I would love for women to understand how powerful that energy is. You know, so I hear that and like, yeah. You know, like, I I wouldn't argue much with that. I, mean, I really want to hear Stone Cold Steve Austin read that. Oh, no. Before you taste the goddess nectar, <laughs> give thanks. Say grace. And that's the bottom line. going to open up a can of goddess nectar all over. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, but, oh, God.
0: Uh, but, <laughs> Purple dinosaur, meet the Texas rattlesnake. Uh, I, you know, but I mean...
1: That that's the problem, right? Is that that's really what he was just saying was kind of the heart of Tantra. And to say that, that that's still, I think it's creepy. I think it's creepy to even like attach that to what he was doing when he was, you know, uh, the purple dine, you know, when he was Barney.
0: I think it's, I think I've processed it and I think it's fine. I mean, he didn't do anything creepy to the kids. He was just, no, you I know, guess not. he was filling himself with like divine love yeah. and, you know, using it to stand the hot temperatures in the costume. Yeah i always you know but i love that
1: statement i love that quote i'm like yeah fuck yeah goddess nectar absolutely i'm all about it you know
0: like all the way that's you know meaning of life but yeah anyway it was great anyway we got to move on um i just thought that was unbelievable (laughs) (laughs) uh here's one serena williams saved her own life while she was giving birth did you know about this
1: No? Wow.
0: I just found out about it this week because I was on Facebook and scrolling and somebody was talking about it was a woman, basically, who was saying that she has these health problems and she went to a bunch of doctors and none of the doctors really listened to her or took her seriously. Uh She knows there's something wrong with her health, but she doesn't know exactly what. But she went to all these doctors and they're all basically just like, oh, you're making it up. It's all in your head. Yeah. There's nothing we can do. Your lab tests are normal or whatever. Right. And somebody linked this article, which is from blackdoctor.org. And as you know, I, I don't remember, you know, who it was that was posting about this, but I'm sure, you know women of color have it even worse as far as not getting listened to by doctors. It is a sure. thing that women don't get taken seriously by doctors. Sure. Um, or, you know, maybe sometimes men, but I think it's it's worse with women. <laughs> uh, superstar athlete Serena Williams, like most black women, the article says, seems like a superwoman. She won a tournament while pregnant. She bounced back from injury. She gave birth to a healthy baby and she went back to work on the court just weeks later. There is no stopping this woman. Now she's the picture of happiness, and she's on the cover of Vogue with her little one snuggled up next to her. On the cover story, Williams talks about her life as a mom and her career ambitions and how motherhood almost took her life. Yes, you read that right. In a terrifying episode after an emergency C-section, Williams encountered what is an often fatal complication, blood clots. And she had to fight to be taken seriously, Vogue reports. Though she had an an easy pregnancy, what followed was the greatest medical ordeal of her life— Olympia was born by emergency C-section after her heart rate dove dangerously low during the contractions. The surgery went off without a hitch. Alexis cut the cord. The wailing newborn fell silent the moment she was laid on her mother's chest. It was an amazing feeling, Serena remembers. And then everything went bad. The next day, while she was recovering in the hospital, Serena suddenly felt short of breath. Because of her history of blood clots and because she was off of her daily anticoagulant regimen due to the recent surgery, she immediately assumed that she was having a pulmonary embolism. She walked out of the hospital room so her mother wouldn't worry and told the nearest nurse, between gasps, that she needed a CT scan and contrast and an IV heparin, which is a blood thinner, right away. The nurse thought her pain medication was making her confused, but Serena insisted, and soon after, a doctor was performing an ultrasound of her legs. She said, I told you I need a a CT scan and a heparin drip, she remembers telling the team. The ultrasound revealed nothing, so they sent her for the CT, and sure enough, several small blood clots had settled in her lungs. Minutes later, she was on the drip. <laughs> she said, "Listen to Dr. Williams."
1: <laughs> wow! So she
0: diagnosed herself.
1: So, okay, so this is a little different than than kind of what I what I imagined when you first said it. Uh, because like so she has a history of these things
0: she does yeah she's experienced it before and i guess she was on a blood thinner because she's prone to blood clots right but she was off it because she had just given birth and had a c-section
1: okay so all the same like because the first point i thought is like wow that is amazing yeah you know awareness mm-hmm. but i think the point is still true whether it like she had the history or not and that is you know this just goes when you're an athlete or when you're somebody that's really into fitness and a lot of this other stuff like, I mean, and this can be true if you have an actual history of it, it can be true for just about anybody. But I think with athletes, it's a little more so like, I mean, you know what your body like you just you feel, you know, when something's not right because you're yeah. just at that level, especially like her, a superstar, you know, where where you're at peak performance, you know, a super athlete at all times. Uh And to feel that difference like uh, fuck, yeah, the, the doctor better be listening. But right. like you said, a lot of times they just don't, you know, they they won't they won't. They won't take you seriously, absolutely. Um, and this is where I—I I think it's kind of funny, but there is an odd—and not—it's not forced. It's not like government backed, but there—or at least not most of the time. But there's this odd like air of authority when somebody's wearing the white coat. You know
0: what I mean? Oh, yeah, and I definitely know what you mean.
1: Look, it's just a white coat. Just like when that judge wears that black dress, it's just a black dress.
0: Well, it, right. I mean, and the whole thing with doctors speaking in this language of medical ease, half of it is just to make sure that the patient doesn't understand what they're talking about.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It kind of reminds me, like, growing up, how—well, so growing up, my parents would sometimes speak Yiddish, and that was— <laughs> When being, they
0: didn't want you to know what they were saying. Be, yeah. But that has the in- unintended effect of teaching you the Yiddish swear words or whatever. Yeah, but <laughs> but they were
1: hoping we'd never learn it so that, that way they could, you know, speak about it us or whatever was going on for them you know without us knowing so yeah there's this weird authoritarianism that gets wrapped in with the the medical industry which yes respect the work that they do and it's impressive and they save lives and all that's that's fucking awesome but you know yourself best and yeah i mean you really do and you you know they need to pay attention and a lot of times i think you know people in the white coats have a lot of uh, uh hubris yeah. And, absolutely. you know, around a situation. I'm glad she saved her own life. I'm glad she spoke the fuck up. Yeah. And,
0: I'm glad she didn't back down either, because sometimes right. you really need to advocate for yourself when you're in a hospital situation because they'll try to push you into procedures and stuff that you might know that you don't need or whatever. Um, you know, I've certainly had that experience. I think everybody has. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: Authoritarianism, my point, you know, authoritarianism t- like rises and appears in all kinds of private and public industry mm. and, and, and places.
0: I think you made a good point about athletes, too. I mean, there are people out there who are very connected to their bodies, and then there are some people who wish they could be more connected to their bodies. And I would just say, if you want to develop a little bit more awareness about your body, yoga and meditation is a really good way to get connected to yes. your to your body. And you start with your breathing, because that's something you can always focus on. You can always feel your breath going in and out of your lungs. Not that you're like thinking about breathing, but you noticing yourself breathing on autopilot, basically. Right. And that helps you really get connected. You can do a body scan, whereas you start at your either the top of your head or the bottom of your feet, and you just notice... How each part of your body is feeling, the bottom of your feet, your toes, your ankles, your calves, your knees, your thighs, your hips, everything else. Yeah. And you just go on and on up the body. And that can really help get you connected. I think also just any sport in general where you have to be aware of, like, where your feet are and how you're, how you're moving and accelerating is another good way to get connected, more connected to your own body.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and understand, you know, like... Uh, you are more than your brain. You know, there's stuff you want to pay attention to what's going on in the yeah. rest of your body. I there's mean, you nerve really are...
0: ganglia in other parts of your body, not just your brain. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, um, so, well, either way, that's that's an incredible story mm-hmm. and good for her. Good for um, her. Yeah. I you know, I imagine good. her celebrity them helped out with the situation. But yeah, definitely, that's
0: right. If it was just random woman, you know, it might have been a different story. Street, it might have been a different story. But
1: I think the sort of thing should be a little more commonplace where people will, you know, tell tell their doctor. No, you fucking listen to me. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this is bad.
0: Yeah. Well, another group that doesn't get listened to is sex workers. And in fact, sex workers are one of the highest demographics for violence against women. Uh, But there's been a new study that showed that uh, Craigslist, launching an erotic services platform where sex workers could advertise online in San Francisco, actually reduced the rates of female homicides throughout the city. Wow. Yeah. Isn't Um, that interesting? Can you tell me a little bit more about that? What are... Sure. Um, so basically there was a San Francisco Red Book, which was an online erotic services website. I don't know if it was a, if it was a, a division of Craigslist or whatever, but, um, it was operating in San Francisco. People were finding sex workers and hiring them on there. Which meant that more sex workers could work indoors and not have to walk the streets to find clients. And they right. could screen their clients more carefully and turn down clients that seem sketchy or whatever. And uh, it got shut down. The website got shut down by federal authorities. And after that, the homicide rates went up. Um, but then I guess there uh, there were, you know, Craigslist reopened or something and they went down.
1: Wow. That's. Yeah. I mean, this is one of those things where if you can create like not a middleman. But like a just a barrier and and like a, a almost a point of sale <laughs> that yeah. you could take advantage of like that that can that can just save so much trouble.
0: Anything that brings sex work indoors makes it safer for everybody involved, and sure. so the crackdown is not the solution. <laughs> Free the uh, you know decriminalize it, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right, I've got a doozy for you. Okay. So. This was sent in by uh, a friend of mine, and she said, what do, you, I, what do you think of this? I don't know what to think about it. <laughs> okay. The headline from International Business Times is Disguised Obese Man Arrested at Women's Only Bath in Wig Makeup.
1: Wait, where is this?
0: Japanese police... Ah, in Japan. Japan. Yep. Japanese police arrested an over an obese 50-year-old man After fellow patrons at the female bathhouse he was at realized he was disguised with a wig and covering his lower half, local newspaper reports. The man's, quote, large bosom above his towel helped disguise himself as a woman temporarily. Hokkaido Prefecture pr- Police arrested the man on Wednesday after he entered the Sapporo bathhouse around 9 p.m. in a black bob-shaped wig and makeup, according to police reports. The man soaked in the women's only spa at Northern 5 West 24 Koo- Koku, I don't know how to pronounce that mm-hmm. the name of the city, for about an hour when suspicious fellow bathers reported him to the business management for, quote, unnaturally attempting to cover up his lower body in the traditionally nude bathhouse. Uh, the man was confronted by spa staff and police. He initially attempted to deny the accusations of being a man by responding in a falsetto voice, I am a woman. After the police were called to the Sapporo, Sapporo Spa on Wednesday, the, the police weren't buying the man's gender claim, and he ultimately told authorities at the police station, quote, I did it because the, men, the men's bath is dirty and I feel more at ease in the women's bath.
1: That reason is not going to go over well.
0: Right. So, here's what I'm wondering. This is like the this is the traditional scare story. This is the thing that conservatives in America are afraid of. They think if transgender people are allowed to use the bathroom that they ident- of the gender that they identify as, then it's going to be creepy men invading women's only spaces and right. being creepy and making everybody uncomfortable. Right, This is the nightmare scenario. Now, as far as I know, I really haven't heard of really any stories ever of that happening. I think it's really unlikely that, you know, basically men are going to invade women's spaces. Like sure. That's just it doesn't seem to be a fear that's really very founded. But this is an example that you could cite of, OK, that's exactly what happened. He and he went into a, a, a women's only bathhouse and he was trying to just cover up his, you know, lower half. And was dressed in drag, I guess, sort of. But when they asked him, he said, I am a woman. So is he a trans woman? Is this a trans woman? Right. Or is this somebody who wouldn't call themselves trans? They just wanted to use the nice bath. <laughs> and the men's bath was dirty. I really don't know what to think. And then you have the cultural issue of like... It's a different culture. I haven't lived in Japan. I don't know what it's like. I could, I could kind of imagine it going either way on transgender people. But you have lived in Japan, Brian. Yeah. So
1: I've been there quite a bit. Yeah. So,
0: so what is, as our resident expert, I wish we had an <laughs> actual Japanese person to ask. But yeah. the, you're the next best thing because you've actually lived there for a little <laughs> while. So, what is the attitude toward gender? In general, like in Japan and transgender people, are there transgender people? Are they accepted? What about gendered spaces like locker rooms and bathrooms and such?
1: Yeah. So in Southeast Asia in general, like this is not so much frowned upon, except for maybe in China. But China is a very different situation um, and not counting Taiwan either. Uh, But in Japan, like the idea of mixed like like the idea of, of transgender Hermaphrodites, all these different things are widely accepted. Like, there's no problem. There's there's whole animes that are about characters just like that. Um, they can
0: switch genders and stuff, right?
1: Yeah, they can switch genders mm-hmm. like on command. It's like their superpower, you know? Like, yeah, all, all that's these different cool. Things. I wish I had that. Superpower. Right, right. I
0: mean, <laughs> the, the, like this,
1: it's very popular, and it's not something that's just like relegated to hentai either. Right. You know, it's very well known. So they are accepting of that. It's that's not people being transgender, this guy being, you know, claiming to be a woman is not the problem. Okay. You, you hit at it, which this is a very different culture. Okay. This is not the West. And I would argue that's a good thing, but regardless, or at least in some cases, um, this is not the West and there are traditional spaces, you know, and I don't know exactly what, exactly what the space was, but there's plenty of tradition, like, It's not so much about gender. It's not about a men's room and a women's room and all this stuff. It's, there are buildings, there are structures, there are institutions that exist there where very specific, very clear cut things, people, whatever are, are allowed and and not. Okay. It's not about the gender. It's not about transgender. That's not the problem. The problem is, is that there are, or the, the issue at hand likely with this is that there are traditions that no a person with a dick can't be here mm-hmm. okay like and it's not it's not because he has a dick it's, it's the dick it's you know it's just the fact that like, <laughs> I thought it was the dick <laughs> well it, I mean it is and it isn't that, that, that's that is and it isn't okay well, that, that's the hard part is that no pun intended okay that's that's the hard part uh-huh. is that the problem's not like they're not accepting a transgender people they're totally accepting that it's just also they have areas where very speci- there's there's very specific rules that have I mean and it's a lot of rules. It's not just the fact that you have a dick. I mean like there's there's a whole slew of other things involved. Um this is if somebody's looking at this and is thinking wow, what a hateful culture. No. I'm sorry, that's not what's going on here. There's just there are very old rules with some of these like bathhouses and all these different areas.
0: It's I mean it's, I don't think anyone would say that. I mean, it's eh, you know <laughs> It's different than America because there aren't that many just nude bathhouses in America, you know, (laughs) where a group of people who don't know each other can all be naked in the same room. Right. That's just pretty uncommon. Um, I think Americans would be uncomfortable with nudity if they if they were going to be with a bunch of people that they didn't know they would be want. They would want to be wearing bathing suits.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Sure. But uh, well, anyway, I mean, that's that's what i've got on the situation is, right is that okay there are there are very set like buildings that have set rules for what those buildings are and
0: you think a bathhouse would be one of
1: them oh yeah it mm. could be depending upon like like it depends because some bathhouses could be pretty spiritual like mm-hmm. and so there could be rules uh involved a shinto that that could that could come into play mm-hmm. um and it, i mean it gets down to like you know, kind of, for lack of a better term, I won't, you know, we won't go into the Japanese terms of it, but, like, you know, an energy that could be in there that's not allowed. That's why I'm saying it's not just the dick. It's oh, a very basic, it's the
0: energy. It's the yin uh, yeah. and the yang. Well, <sighs> the, female, the masculine and the feminine. Yeah,
1: I mean, there's, there's a lot to it. And, and these traditions are taken very seriously. Mm. It really is not, it's not like the Japanese have a problem with transgender people. That's my point.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting. Well, I mean, I think, you know... <laughs> It's very interesting to read about other cultures because it's not like people don't see it as a threat to themselves necessarily, like a direct criticism of their own culture or whatever the culture that they identify with. So Mm -hmm. it's always easier to read about it and think about it from someone else's culture, right? Yes, right. So, yeah. Okay, cool. I'm glad we talked about that. We got a listener question and it's it's about time to do the listener question. This is a good one. When is the right time to have sex, they write in. What is your gauge for when it is the right time to have sex with somebody? For a demisexual taking it slow, what do you think would be a good measure to determine that? Very simple question. Go get it to me one more time. Okay. When is the right time to have sex? What is your gauge for when the right time to have sex with someone is? For a demisexual, yeah. For a demisexual taking it slow, what do you think would be a good measure to determine Mm -hmm. that?
1: Do you want to start off? Do
0: you know what a demisexual is, first of all? Yes. Okay. So for anybody who doesn't know, a demisexual is somebody who is on the asexual spectrum. Like, um, not only is there a spectrum perhaps between gay and straight with varying degrees of bisexuality and pansexuality, and maybe it's not even like a 2D, 2D spectrum, it's more like a, you know three-dimensional political compass or something like that, you right. know. Um, <laughs> there's a spectrum with these things. Well, there's also a spectrum between sexual and asexual, you know, and that that requires a little bit of background or knowledge about asexual people. Those are people who, you know, are just don't really experience sexual attraction to anybody. So, you know, for example, if you're heterosexual, you might experience sexual attraction to the opposite sex, but not to the same sex. Well, you know, and if you're gay, you might experience sexual attraction to the same sex, but not the other, not the opposite sex. Well, asexuals just don't experience sexual attraction to anybody. Right? <laughs> They're kind of like, you know, I, platonic. Some some asexual people want to have romantic relationships where they feel like loving feelings, but they don't experience those sexual feelings of lust in the same way. So, I guess, um, I guess that's about asexuals, but. A demisexual is somebody who is less sexual than sort of the cultural norms, I guess. Um, They're not asexual, but for for a lot of people who identify as demisexual, they say stuff like, well, it takes me a while. I really have to get to know somebody in order to develop sexual attraction to them. Right? It it happens slowly for me, slower than what culture normally says is appropriate. Like, you know, there's this cultural thing of like, oh, yeah, if you haven't had sex up by the third date, then something's wrong. They're not they're not into you or whatever. Well. Maybe for a person who calls themselves demisexual, that would be way too soon for them. They would want to get to know somebody even longer than that. So, Brian, I know you wouldn't call yourself demisexual or identify that way, but just as, just in general, like, how do you know when it's the right time to have sex with somebody that you're dating? Oh, boy. Um... Do you even does that even matter? Like, will you just do it as soon as they kind of let you or? <laughs> well, not, not as soon as they let me. Because um, <laughs> I think for a lot of guys, it's the straight guys. It's like that, you know? Well, I, I'm, I am not the, the hunter type yeah. as in. You're not a pursuer.
1: I'm, yeah. I don't pursue. So when a person says, would they like, you know, I, I kind of wait for somebody to say they wanted to do it. And that's, that's when I know.
0: Okay. So you wait for the other person to initiate it, but what if you're like, have you ever had a situation where the other person initiated it? And even though it was somebody you were dating, you were like, Oh, this is a little too soon, too fast. You ever had that happen? I I can't, I can't really say that I have
1: that that that's happened. Well, I,
0: I certainly have.
1: Yeah. I mean, most of the people that I've ever slept with, like we were already friends and there there weren't those points of awkwardness. You know, it was either the extreme where it was completely casual mm-hmm. or I had already had some kind of, you know, emotional like bond with them of some right. kind. And so I haven't really experienced where, you know, it's somebody that just suddenly one night, oh, yes, you know, let's have sex. And then, you know, they become my girlfriend just like that. In fact, I'm almost against that. Yeah. You know, somebody just becoming my girlfriend. I really want to be friends first.
0: Yeah, I agree. I like to be friends first. So taking it slow, like question asker, I can relate. I know what you mean. You know, sometimes when you make a relationship sexual or when you add a new sex partner, it gives you a bunch of stuff to process and deal with and think about. And it can be a little bit like it adds you know, it adds drama or excitement to your life, you know, and mm-hmm. you don't always have room for that necessarily or want that, Um, or it may give you feelings of anxiety. So here's how I would answer the question. How do you know when it's the right time to have sex with somebody? I would say when you feel comfortable enough with them that you don't feel anxiety, fear, dread when you think about having sex with them or turning it sexual. Sometimes you feel that anxiety, fear, and dread mixed with excitement and right. curiosity about what it would be like. But when that anxiety and, and fear kind of goes down, that's when I think it's the right time. And you're sure that you want to do this and that it's not going to impact you negatively to go ahead. And I would suggest, like, if you are feeling that anxiety and dread, um, I would suggest to talk to your partner about it and if their reaction is not supportive that's a good indicator that your anxiety and and fear were well founded right <laughs> you know and it's maybe it's not the right relationship for you right like it, you know if you're nervous about having sex with somebody or making a relationship sexual you should be able to say that to them hey you know, I really like you. I've enjoyed spending time with you. I like getting to know you. I want to keep getting to know you. Eventually, I want to have sex. But right now, I think it's a little too soon for me because I'm feeling anxious. Like, how do you feel about that? And if they say anything other than, oh, like, that's fine. Like, let's take it slow and keep getting to know each other. I I understand. You know, I felt that way, too, or whatever. If If they start pressuring you, if they start saying there's something wrong with you or whatever, then maybe it's time to move on. What do you think about that advice?
1: Oh, I think that's solid. I I agree completely. Cool. Um, All yeah. right,
0: we solve the world's problems. <laughs> <laughs> if you have any questions, As we always do. Yeah, I. You know. Um, if you have any questions, definitely put them in our Sex and Science Hour Facebook group at uh, the Sex and Science Hour podcast community on Facebook, but you can always email us too at show at com or use the contact form on our website. I did actually just want to give a plug for something Brian and I did together recently, which was Brian has uh, his Patreon page, yes, and we do a show monthly called The Relationship Rhombus where we talk about a bunch of different relationship questions all on the same show and it's like it's it's all relationship questions and it's so much fun the one we did yesterday was so good yeah so you can get that at sovereigntech.com, tech.com s-o-v-r-y-n tech.com it's totally worth paying a buck a month for it. like even if you just listen to that one show it's so worth it you all right they do more coming hour. up sex aside, science Game over. we'll be back play
1: again next week <laughs>
0: People bought through stuff.suxsciencehour.com this week. I got oh, a little like, preview,
1: uh, and I was <laughs> pleasantly surprised. Yeah,
0: it's pretty cool. We're going to start with the mundane, and of course, if you want to be part of our after show. You can go to Stuff.SexandScienceHour.com and get anything you hear about on the after show, as well as additional stuff. Yay! Ooh. So definitely do that, Stuff.SexandScienceHour.com. And what do people get this week? Well, we'll start out with some uh, khaki pants. These are cargo trousers, ah. work pants, and they have, like, tons of pockets on them. They actually even have, like, extra black pocket. They're, like, khaki pants, but they have extra black pockets hanging off of them. And they're only $30 for this for a set.
1: I love pockets. I understand that, like, cargo pants are considered a fashion no-no, but damn it.
0: (laughs) But damn, they're cool. Yeah, fuck fashion. Damn is a nice, have a lot of pockets. Who cares?
1: (laughs) I'm not about to start wearing them, you know, but anyway.
0: (laughs) When's the last time you had a pair of cargo pants? cargo pants yeah like
1: i still have sadly i still have some cargo shorts those oh
0: to, okay yeah i know your cargo yeah, shorts. Those yeah, need those to burn. Look great on you
1: um well no they don't uh, not ever. i've, I've heard it from people i from from ladies i respect that those are like those are no-nos but, <laughs> <laughs> but i mean i respect you obviously most of all but um
0: well i like them so my opinion should count yeah for something, cargo right? pants that's
1: <laughs> probably been it's probably been about almost i don't know six seven years Eight oh, years, wow. Maybe. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. I've got one pair of cargo pants, but I don't know if they fit. Are they the... olive green? No, they're, uh, they're, bra- they're khaki kind of tan color. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. Well, next was a shirt that might go with them. So this is like a tweed kind of shirt, like a brown kind of. Oh, fuck. Where did it go? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Arrow men's big and tall long sleeve heritage twill shirt. And it was like, eh, little plaid pattern. It's nice no, oh, okay, <laughs> fits as expected eighty nine percent of the time uh somebody bought yogi honey lemon throat comfort tea, which I could use right now. <laughs> I could use some kind of tea. <laughs> hey, somebody got the dune audiobook we just watched dune didn't we last weekend we did that's part um, of why we didn't do a show last week <laughs> because yeah, that, we
1: were too busy watching dune that was a lot of fun though it
0: was yeah, it was uh, super you know, fun
1: good times with great
0: friends absolutely yeah uh. True Lemon and True Lime Shaker Kit. This is Crystallized Lemon and Crystallized Lime. Like, I guess it's instead of lemon juice or lime juice, you just kind of shake it on and it tastes like lemon or lime. Oh, 848 okay. for a two-pack. That's pretty cool. Um, I like fresh squeeze, but, you know, sometimes you get a bad lime and it's like it doesn't have very much juice or something.
1: Yeah, it's true.
0: Star Wars, Heir to the Empire, 20th Anniversary Edition, The Thrawn Trilogy, Book One. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Classic book,
1: uh, but that, that edition was more recently released. Um, still worth a read. Thrawn is my favorite Star Wars character. Rock and roll.
0: Cool. Caterpillar men's knee pads for 10 bucks. You could protect your knees, and they're ergonomically designed.
1: Oh, that's great for blowjobs. Sorry. <laughs> I, I should...
0: It seems like it'd be good for wrestling, too. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> We've been watching a that. lot of wrestling and Mm. Well, we got a Royal Rumble And a lot of blowjobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> true. Yeah, sure, we have been watching a lot. Well, mm-hmm. we have been watching <laughs> a lot of wrestling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, the Royal Rumble's coming up this weekend. I'm super excited about that. Yeah, that'll be for the Women's Royal Rumble. The
1: Women's Royal Rumble. 30 women.
0: Woo. Star Wars Throne Trilogy Book 2. Audiobook. Winner. Uh-huh. Food Saver. Food Vacuum Bags. These are like the thing, you, you know, you have like a dehydrator or something. Not dehydrator. A... uh a seal a meal okay. and you can seal like meat in it and stuff and put it in the freezer vacuum sealed so it was a a 100 wow 100 gallon size can that be right
1: I can imagine. I, I have some pretty wow. big bags like that.
0: Yeah. Gee, what are you hiding? What are you putting in the freezer? Somebody's body or something?
1: <laughs> actually, <laughs> the reason I got some very large Ziploc bags and things like that uh-huh. was because there's some when you get like if you get really high end jeans or higher end jeans, they actually tell you don't wash them. Just freeze them to clean them.
0: Oh, you've tried that. And we've put your pants in the freezer. Yeah, I do that. When I, there's I, actually room for it. Right, right. <laughs> and so what was the verdict on that? Did it actually work? Yeah. It got, I mean, it got
1: rid of the smell. Like mm-hmm. the, the the one problem is like if you somehow get mustard or something on them.
0: Oh, you're done. You yeah. Know? Like, like, you don't
1: <laughs> then you have to spot clean. Right. I guess you'd have to do that, but that's tough. Um, it is. And, and you, then can't you can't get, get the all the mustard.
0: I mean, especially on a pair of black jeans. right?
1: Yeah. So I get it like the freezer thing and I'd probably do it more often and maybe in the future. But yeah.
0: Cool. Maybe it would highlight the mustard and make it, like, pop, you know. And then you That'd spot. be interesting. <laughs> Logitech M330 Silent Wireless Mouse. Ooh, I had this mouse at one point. It's 15 bucks. if you want to try it. Nice. Nice. Soylent Cafe Coffeeist. This is like a frequent purchase at this point, and Amazon has a coupon for 15% off the first item. It's almost like we'll give you the first one for free, but it's like we'll give you the first one for 15% off. Siki three-piece quarter-inch hex screwdriver bit extension four screws it's like a drill bit basically for it but like a hex key kind of extension okay yeah that's cool nice silicone stretch lids oh this is a cool product i'm pretty sure we sh- saw this on shark tank um <laughs> like it's a lid that you can put over a bowl and then you just put it in the fridge to like re- you know save them leftovers but it's stretchy so it can fit yeah, out a bunch of different sizes exactly the idea? Okay. and it seals yeah it's handy definitely 16 bucks for a variety pack of sizes uh tech this is a a socket set with a wrench that you can like unscrew a bunch of different bolts with this is not very technical okay (laughs) it's a a drive oh god how do i describe it a wrench with a bunch of different attachments right for working on a car come look at this yeah you come you come on over here what do you think of this brian how would you describe this this beauty over here Here's here's the main part.
1: Yeah, it's a ratchet set.
0: A ratchet set. Okay, yeah. cool, cool, yeah. cool. Those are handy. $45, yes. Nice. You never know when you might need it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's see. Um... Well, we had a couple of naughty items this week, but I'm going to go with the mundane first. So okay. we knock out all the mundane and then go to the naughty and stuffed <laughs> on Sex and Science Hour. Extreme Power U.S. Brake Fluid Bleeder. It's like a hand bleeder for brake fluid in case you want to change your own.
1: That goes good with the ratchet set. Pro- somebody's probably fixing a car.
0: I think so. Yeah, it's it seemed like they went together. They're even the same color. Uh, Purina Beyond Natural Grain-Free Ocean Whitefish and Egg cat food. Mm. Oh my, fish and egg. Fancy feast. Cats can't even taste sweet. You know, I saw this this product this week on a Facebook ad. I didn't buy it. That one didn't work on me. But it was a product that you can it's like a mint, but it blocks the sweet taste receptors in your mouth. Uh-huh. So, next time you try to eat sugar for up to an hour later, you can't taste the sugar at all. So it's supposed to stop sugar cravings, but I was I saw it, I was like, what pavlovian scary nonsense is this you know <laughs> like, kind of freaky kind of freaked me out I don't know what do you do you have an opinion about that uh, I think I sent it to you uh, <laughs> would you like to try something like that that uh, blocked your sweet taste for an hour yeah I, I'd be like no this isn't funny like bring it back <laughs> uh, yeah I, it, it just
1: smacks of like I kind. there's a part of me that's like okay well they're taking this as seriously as like smoking Right. right. That's, that's serious a, that's a strategy sugar. for quitting smoking. Yeah, and that's how Chantix you know, nicotine works. nicotine pa- patches and gum and whatever. Um, yeah, th- this just seems very extreme, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it seems like a nuclear option.
0: <laughs> right. And you'd have to just keep eating them all the time. Yeah. Because when it wears off, you'll be able to taste the sugar again. Right. <laughs> All right, we got some kids' gloves that were like, you know, ski gloves. These are cool looking. Did you ever have these freezy freakies when you were a kid where they changed color in the cold? No. That sounds awesome. (laughs) I did. Yeah, there were gloves called freezy freakies, and they Mm. would, when it got cold enough, they would change color in little patterns like butterflies and stuff would appear. Oh. That's cool. <laughs> They're super cool. Hey, somebody got my audiobook, um, Getting Screwed, Sex Workers and the Law by Allison Bass.
1: Great book. Oh yeah. I edited it. Awesome.
0: Yay. Yes. I, I really enjoyed that audiobook. It was really well researched and it had a couple of like even mysteries in it, like about unsolved crimes that were done to sex workers and stuff like that. Like we talked about earlier on the show that um indoor sex work decreases the violence against sex workers, which hmm. is good. Uh Anyway, we had uh, some more cat food. (laughs) Purina Beyond Natural Chunkin' Gravy Wet Cat Food. You gotta have the wet and the dry, you know? (laughs) Those cats are very particular. Arrow Men's Big and Tall Long Sleeve Heritage Twill Shirt. This isn't the same shirt as last time, by the way. It's like a different pattern, but it's the same brand. So, somebody was going shopping. Ooh! Now this is very interesting. I wonder if you put it, a link to this in your show, Brian, but somebody bought the exact same tiling that we have in our basement gym that we work out in For, on the floor. We have this like foam mm. interlocking tile, oh, wow. tiling on yeah, the bottom yeah. of the basement yeah, I, floor.
1: I haven't put that in any of my shows, but that's uh, that's nice. That's interesting.
0: Right. Yeah. Somebody got it. And um, it's great if you want to tile like a kid's playroom or a, a workout area. It really makes it feel like a professional gym. So Hell yeah. I recommend that. Uh hmm, what else? Oh, we got a bunch of naughty items. But first, a screen protector. <laughs> uh for LG V twenty. That's good. Always good to have. Yeah. Uh hmm, sorry couldn't find that page. Oh. An audiobook. Ethereum investing, programming, mining, blockchains, and smart contracts, a complete user's guide for twenty eighteen. <laughs> By Gordon Summers, narrated by Kevin Carlson, whoever they are. I don't know. <laughs> yeah,
1: I wonder about that.
0: Well, yeah. good luck. I am curious about this. <laughs> uh, Serpent Beard Trimmer Kit. Five-in-one multifunctional body groomer. Ooh. Have you tried the Serpent? It's Amazon's choice. No. Mm.
1: I'm intrigued. Well, I'm pretty pleased with what I got right now, but uh, but I'm intrigued. Yeah, yeah. I mentioned it in the last episode, I think, the device I'm using these days, so
0: that's yeah, yeah it, i at first i thought maybe it was like a flobie for your beard you remember the flobie it was like you attached it to your vacuum cleaner it would suction your hair up and then it would <laughs> it would chop it at a certain length but you had to basically hook it up to your vacuum cleaner that's
1: i don't know something feels off about that Yeah, okay. it really but does. I, I can imagine that somebody would think that's a good idea
0: right <laughs> New former mini travel umbrella, light, compact. It fits in the palm of your hand, and it's only $15, and it blocks UVs. Uh, (laughs) Ooh, this is cool. Uh, Glime wake-up light alarm clock with LED. So basically, it simulates a sunrise. Like, it makes it gradually brighter and brighter in your room over, you know, a half hour or something like that. So you wake up naturally to the light. Hmm. Yeah. That's okay. pretty cool. I've never really tried one of these because I sleep with a mask, so I think it would like defeat the purpose. $40. That's pretty good. Uh, ooh, ashwagandha. Somebody got ashwagandha by EBYSU. This is an herb that is supposed to help with stress relief by supporting your adrenal glands, and it's uh, you know, it's an Indian herb found in the Ayurveda. Not to be confused with ashwagandha the name of the herb but supposedly it does something where it helps your adrenal glands produce like cortisol and um, progesterone and all these other hormones that it needs to make and there's a two dollar off coupon on nice. Amazon. Yeah, very cool. Somebody got your book, Brian, Dark Android, the Ooh, 2017 edition. <laughs> the No-Nonsense Guide to Securing Your Smartphone and Taking Back Your Privacy by Brian Sovereign.
1: Yeah, you know, I know it's 2018, but believe me, what's in there, most of it is pretty evergreen. Absolutely, so, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I think, when is the 2018 edition coming out? Do you have it planned?
1: late Yes, later this year. I'll just put it that way, and this one will also have a physical edition when it comes out.
0: So, okay, awesome. Yeah, oh, which I skipped
1: cool. entire I was gonna do it the twenty seventeen, but I skipped entirely.
0: Nice. Okay, well finally onto our naughty items. <laughs> oh boy. Anal's butt plug kit, four piece naughty butt plugs, pocket pussy bioskin male masturbator. Woo! Uh, fleshlight turbo thrust blue ice oh, boy. travel size cal exotics advanced silicone pump sleeve penis pump shibari premium personal lubricant water-based lube Astroglide water-based lube and another vacuum pump clear cylinder
1: somebody is somebody looking to have a good time oh yeah. my
0: thank you so much for shopping through stuff about sex and and being on our after show if you want to get any of the items we just subscribed, head on over there stuff.sexandfiancehour.com thanks for being with us tonight we'll see you next week and have a great one everybody